we did move the camera this morning back there. Uh, Opened up some space in here, so thank you for this morning. Uh, for that, we are still streaming, but it's from back there. So if you're back there, they can hear what you're saying. Amen. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You not know that as many as us were baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore we're buried with him by baptism unto death. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. He said, If you've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might not might be destroyed, that from now on we shall not serve sin. I want to read that and preach just a few minutes this morning. Thankful this morning that the Lord still saving souls. He's still giving us an opportunity to call on His name. And He's still giving us an opportunity uh, to have forgiveness of sin, have our sins forgiven us, and, and uh, to walk in newness of life. Amen. Sometimes whenever we don't realize that uh, we need to walk in newness of life, we never have a desire to walk in newness of life. And the reality is that uh, sometimes we'll go so long in our sin that we'll find ourselves in a devastating place, a terrible place, uh, that we have to deal with the consequences of our sin before we turn to Christ and allow Him to change us and renew us. And I want you to know this morning uh, that you have an opportunity to walk in newness of life. Alex said it was messing up his OCD. I'm afraid he's going to throw me out the floor. So, so anyhow, um, I wanted to preach a few minutes on baptism and, and what it means to be baptized. And it might uh, be a little different than what you think. One thing about Austin Baptist Church that I appreciate so much is that we have a very diverse group of people. We have people that have come from a lot of different backgrounds and denominations. I would say that maybe a very small percentage of the folks that go to church here on a regular basis, or that are even here this morning, uh, that you have been born and raised necessarily in the traditions of the Southern Baptist Church. And, and I want you to know that I'm not a traditional Southern Baptist guy. I, I think that I think that the Word of God is truth. Amen. I think that like that when God says be true, that other man lie. Amen. So so here's what I mean by that. I think that whenever we begin to look at what it means to be baptism, and some folks put extreme uh, extreme uh, importance and extreme uh, levels of of uh, confidence and salvation by baptism. Some other people may play it off and say, you know what, you might be here this morning and say, well, hey, I've been saved since I was two years old and I ain't never been baptized. I ain't worried about it. You see, there's all kinds of different ideas. There's some folks here this morning that was maybe raised in the, in the Church of Christ teaching. Church of Christ believed that baptism is the means of salvation. There may be some here that uh, come from a Catholic background. A Catholic background teaches they baptize you as a baby and you're good to go forever. Right? I you know I've heard the priest say that. I've heard him say that. <clears throat> you might be here that's a uh, uh, Methodist and you, you, you've been seeing uh, different modes of baptism besides 
submersion, my sprinkling, and different things. And I, I just want to show you a few things about baptism this morning that has everything to do with salvation, very little to do with water. Amen. Now, I will tell you this: this is spirit-led. Uh, preacher told a different message this morning. Uh, the Lord wouldn't let me preach that to you, so I want to preach this to you. So the Bible says in Romans chapter six, the question is asked. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Or in other words, let me put it to you this way. Shall I just go live a life however I want to live because God's given me grace to do whatever I want to do? Shall I just go and do my thing, live my life for me, talk how I want to talk, say, uh, behave how I want to behave, smoke what I want to smoke, drink what I want to drink, look at what I want to look at, and the grace of God is sufficient for all of us. Now don't get crossed up. Because God's grace is sufficient. Amen? But does God give us grace to live that lifestyle? That was the question that is asked. Shall I continue in sin that grace may, that grace may abound? Or in other words, shall I try to see how much grace God will pour out on me that my sins will still be forgiven? There's another place in the Scripture that basically says this. Uh, trampling underfoot what Christ did on the cross. You see, our life, whenever we trust Christ, whenever we come to a relationship with Christ, our life is no longer our own. Amen? We begin to come to an understanding that my body is no longer my own. Now that the, that the Lord is saying these places, His Spirit inside of me, now my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. This, sometimes we think this is the temple. Now listen, I eat enough cheeseburgers and, and stuff like this that I know that the, that the Spirit of God's grieved in the greasiness. <laughs> right? I understand that. There's all sorts of means and modes that, that we disglorify God in our flesh. I understand that. And I'm not trying to condemn sin. What, what I'm trying to do is get us to understand what the baptism is about. And he says, so as many of us have been baptized in Christ Jesus, he said, we're baptized in his death. Because he died, we died. Amen. And I did that, Ryan did that in obedience. Now I'm going to show you how this all works together. In obedience to the Lord God. You say, well, okay. How, 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 how could, could uh, the water, I used to tell them down at the jail when we baptized of several men in a row. We did it in an old water trough down there. And I would try to clean the spiders and stuff out of it before we take it down there. But I'm telling you, it was cold water. Ain't there no heat, no heat of water down there. It's cold water. And I would tell them, and I don't know how much you know about inmates, but they're not the cleanliest fellas in the world. But I would tell them whoever goes first, and then whoever goes last, if you're expecting that water to clean sin off you, you've got a problem. You're going to be filthier after you get out of the water than you were before you got in the water. Amen? The water itself doesn't do anything. The Scripture, and I'm going to get into Matthew chapter 3 and tell you some of the things that John said, but it's so important that we don't miss some of this because we're, we're doing what Christ did, and Christ is the one that takes away sins, and Christ is the one that we're, we give our life in obedience to Him. Christ is the one that we follow, and Christ is the one that we adore, and He's the one that we that we trust, and all those things. And that is a life 
living in Christ, and if we're living that life, we'll know that we ought not continue in sin, that grace may abound. I'm not depending on, I'm depending on the love of Christ. Amen? Not a legal system of rights and wrongs which says I can do what I want to because of Christ. No. Listen. People, people get crossed up on this too. This is another big one. Uh, are we, are we, um, what they call eternal security of believers? Once saved, always saved. Right? I believe that the blood of Christ will keep you to the very end. I believe that He who started a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. But listen to me. Listen to me. But I also believe that you will not go to heaven without Jesus Christ. People say, well, you mean I got, I did my thing when I was 10 years old and I never had nothing to do with Him since. What I'm telling you is this. You will not go to heaven without Jesus. It's not going to happen. And so you say, well, I had Him when I was 10, but I lost Him and I never knew nothing about Him and I never followed Him and I was just hoping that grace would abound. That's what I'm telling you. Because I don't know how all that works. I'm not a, I, I, don't, I don't know all that, but I know that a person, a man, woman, boy, and girl will not go to heaven without Jesus. I know that for sure. And so if you're saying, because somebody told you once you saved, you always say, you say when you're 10 and you let it rip till you're 99. Or check something. I ain't got it. I wouldn't trust it. For, for me, I wouldn't trust it. In fact, you, I'm nervous for you. Amen. Because men and women, boys and girls, they don't go to Jesus. They don't go to heaven without Jesus. We gotta have Jesus. It's like folks saying, well, I, don't, "I don't want the church, and I don't want this, and I don't want the word, and I don't want to pray, and I don't want to do anything." It's like I've been saved a long time ago, but I don't think He's into me getting baptized. Why would you think that? Because listen, how could you be a part of the body of Christ and not want nothing to do with the body of Christ? How could you be a part of eternity with Jesus Christ in new life, but not want anything to do with obedience to Christ? It don't add up. They're opposites. And so baptism is an obedience thing. But listen to what, what the apostle said. And, and I, this may be fast this morning. There's a scripture in Acts chapter 2. And if you remember the day of Pentecost, it was, it was building up to some things. But, but there, there's a, a, a conversation that's going on. And Peter is preaching at the day of Pentecost. And, and he said some things as he began to say uh, about Jesus and about what had happened to Christ on the cross and, and some of the things that the Old Testament had said. He brought, he brought mention of David and he brought mention and he brought him up to a point where he said this. He said, this same Jesus whom you crucified, God's raised from the dead. And, and they're listening to this. And they ask this question about everything that's going on. And, I, and you might say it like this today. If, if no one will go to heaven, now listen, I, no one will go to God's prepared place instead of without going through God's prepared way. Let me say it that way. Amen? Because people say, well, some folks believe they're going to go to heaven on another planet. Some folks think they're going to be satisfied with hell. Some folks think this. Some folks think that about heaven. But I'm telling you that you won't go to God's prepared place without going God's prepared way. And that is Jesus. Amen? And so whenever this information was handed out and the, the hearers said this, they asked this question. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Y'all remember the conversation? They asked him, if that's the truth, what do I do now? What do I need to do? And Peter said this. Now watch what Peter's answered. He said, repent. Repent and be 
In the name of Jesus Christ for permission of sins. Listen to me. A lot of people get spun up on this. He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Now, one or two things. Y'all just seen me water him under that water. And I didn't, I baptized him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Right? You know why I did that? Because that's what Jesus told us to do. Now, in the commission, that's what Jesus said to do. He said, go. He said, teach them all things not commanded you. Baptize them in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Ghost. Though I'll be with you in the earth, in the earth, right? Yeah. And so Jesus said, "Is to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost." But Peter said, "Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin." And then he said, "And you'll be given the gift of the Holy Ghost." And this promise is unto you and to your children, and as many as God shall call. So watch. Some people say, well, Peter said, repent. Be baptized in water. You'll be saved. Is that how y'all read the scripture? He didn't say nothing about repent and be baptized in water, did he? He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. But our brain automatically goes, baptism of water, baptism of water, baptism of water. And Peter never mentioned water. Peter said the name of Jesus Christ. Do you see a lot of folks may have prayed a prayer and a lot of folks may have, have been baptized in water and a lot of folks may have done a lot of things, but if you didn't have the name, the summer, the covering of Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ over your life, do you have remission of sins? Not according to Peter. Peter said repent. And be baptized, be submerged, be in the covering over you in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Now, on a basic Baptist level, we understand that, that, that we're saved by calling on the name of Jesus Christ, right? By calling on the name of Jesus Christ. We're saved, but we place faith in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. And Peter said, be covered. Be submerged in it. Be all the way, not, not a little bit on top of your head, not a little bit on your toe, but go ahead and die in Christ. Die in Christ. That's what he's saying. Now watch. He said in this, and, and then, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, one more place. Watch this, because in Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, this happened. It says, In those days, John the Baptist, came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And he was saying, Look at his message. Watch John's message. John was preaching, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. And the same John, had his raven camel hair, his clothes was camel's hair, leather girdle, about his horns, he was eating locusts and wild honey. Then went out him to all of Jerusalem and all of Judea and all the region round around Jordan, and they were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. 
And when he saw many of the Pharisees Sadducees come in baptism, he said, O generation of vipers, who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He said, Bring forth therefore fruits meant for repentance. He said, I and think not to you within yourself, we have Abraham for our father. I say unto you that God is able these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Now also is the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, cast into the fire. Now look at verse 11. He said, I need baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes are not worthy to bear. And he shall baptize you with, not water, but with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, did you know that Jesus baptized none? John baptized. John's disciples baptized. Jesus' disciples baptized. Jesus baptized zero. What? His job wasn't baptized with water, right? His job was to baptize with Holy Ghost and with fire. Holy Ghost and fire. And so, so John says this, the one that's come at me, whose name you be saved under, amen, he's mightier than me, he said, He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, to be honest with you, a lot of our Baptist stuff has thrown out the baptism of the Holy Ghost because it didn't fit into our, our pocket. It didn't fit into our doctrine. We threw out the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we said, well, that's something the Pentecost is doing. Can I tell you that everything that we have through God comes by faith and obedience. Listen to me. Everything that you have from God comes through faith and obedience. You receive Salvation by faith through grace. Amen. We, we, have, we have all the things of God by faith. We receive them by faith. And you, you walk in them in obedience. So, so how would you, if you say, well, what is the baptism of the Holy First off, Peter said, when, you, when you're saved, when you trust the name of Jesus, He's going to place the Spirit of God inside of you. And you'll have that Spirit to, to, to seal you to the day of redemption. Uh, he's going to lead you in all truth. He's going to give you comfort. He's going to give you help. He's a helper. Amen. He's going to lead you. Uh, he's going to help you with gifts and, and discernments and, and understanding and things around you. Listen to me. He's going to help you make decisions of who you need to be with, who you don't need to be with. Praise the Lord. He's going to help you. Hey, He'll even help you to know this ain't where I need to work. This is where I need to work. Amen. He's going to help you in all things that pertain to truth and godliness. That's what he said about the Spirit of God. But see, we kind of chunked him out as a Baptist church. We kind of got rid of the Holy Ghost because we didn't want the baptism of the Holy Ghost because we thought that was something about it. Listen, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you ain't got nothing. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you don't have anything. Except a dead religion. And they ain't saved nobody. So, so let me ask so let me answer this question. Look at this. And so you said, I trust Jesus. I've called on the name of Jesus. I want Jesus. I've turned from my sins and I've, I've, said, I've, I've tried to follow Jesus. But I'm just having trouble with the Holy Ghost thing. Because I always ask the question this if you have the Holy Ghost, what is he doing? What's he doing in your life? What's he doing? Can you identify the things that he's teaching you, the way that he's leading you, the way that he's coming to you? Can you identify those things? But here's how that you do that. In obedience. I begin to, in obedience, walk with Christ. I begin to, in obedience, follow.
follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. You can greet Him to where He won't try to tell you nothing. He'll just stand there. Amen. I told the other day, I can't remember what message it was of maybe Wednesday night, but I said this. A demonic spirit and an evil spirit would see so you can invite Him in. And we do. You say, well, I would never invite a demonic spirit in. Yes, you do. You do all the time because we watch this silly stuff on TV. We love death a lot of times. And then these spirits invade that space in our mind and in our lives. Amen. Can I, I have to run through a list real quick? Quit watching uh, demons, zombies, uh, Harry Potter, all this stuff you glorify. Get away from it. If you don't think you might have demonic spirits in your life, you're out of your mind. It's witchcraft and, de and demonism. Stay away from it. But here's the whole point. Here's what I'm telling you in that. A, a, a demonic spirit, opposite spirit, will come into your area and will take as far as he can go. He'll take liberty without asking, without stopping, as far as he can take you. And his end objective is death. But the Spirit of God is not like that. The Spirit of God will only go as far as you will go. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm telling you. The Spirit of God will only go as far as you're willing to go with Him. He's not, as, as anybody in this house, some of our older saints have been trying to walk with the Lord, has anybody ever just had the Holy Ghost just absolutely pick you up and make you do something? I haven't. Right? When the Lord called me to preach, He said, I, I want you to preach. And He went to every extent of life to show that to me. And I, Crazy stuff, right? It's still up to me. The obedience was still up to me. The, the promise was still for me to receive in obedience. Listen to me. Listen to me. The Spirit of God will, will not force you in obedience. You receive the things of the promise and the blessing of God by walking in obedience with the Spirit of God. And so, He said, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Number five. Number five. And so watch. I'm going to show you something obedient. So some people say, so are we baptized in obedience in water? Yes, we're baptized in obedience in water. Why? If, if, if you don't have nothing to do with the baptism of Jesus, we're baptized in Jesus. We're representing His death, right? burial and resurrection. But Jesus was baptized, and so we need to be baptized. Jesus was baptized in water. For what reason? Does anybody know? Why was Jesus baptized in water? Because he was a sinful man and he needed to repent under Peter's under, under John's repentance? No. He was baptized in obedience. The Father said this. He told John, he said, John, he came to John and said, John, I need to be baptized. John said, I need to be baptized to you. He said, I'm not even more than a baptized under your shoelaces. He said, No, John. He said, baptize me because it fulfills all righteousness. And the scripture says that when he came forth, uh, came up forth with out of the water, the voice came from heaven. The, 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 uh, the Spirit of God manifested as a dove landed on his shoulder, and a voice came from heaven and said, This is my son, whom I'm well pleased. So, in obedience to God, Jesus was baptized. I will show you one more thing. I'll show you one more thing. Listen, come tonight to Bible study. I don't know what we're going to be studying yet. But you need to come get some word in you. Each one need to get some word in us. So I'm going to show you this. 
this is why it's so important. For me, when I was 10 years old, man, I, I wanted to be saved. Last thing I want to do is go to hell. Amen? Last thing I want to do is be a bad kid. Right? Trying to find out I was, I turned out to be kind of rough. I was kind of rough. I won't say a bad one, but a rough one. Right? I did a lot of things in disobedience. Disobedient to God, disobedient to my parents, disobedient to the rules. I did rebellion. But I wanted Jesus. Right? And so, when I was saved, 10 years old, the first thing, boy, we got to get you baptized. That's all right. That was a good thing. And made everybody excited. And I don't remember what we eat, but we had a meal together. We celebrated afterwards. Stood up. Everybody loved on me to church. And man, this is so good. I've done something that pleases people, right? People were excited for me. I didn't have a clue what, what, what it meant. When the Lord began to do it, when I became older, when I became more mature, and God had come time for God to use me as a servant, the Spirit, the Spirit of God started dealing with me about my baptism. I got baptized when I was 10. I've already, I've already done that. I've already been baptized in the religious in the most respectful religious way that I knew to, I walked through all the religious stuff that I needed to do in my baptism. But it meant absolutely nothing. It didn't mean nothing. It had nothing to do with God. It had nothing to do with obedience as Jesus was obedient. The Father had nothing to do with that because I didn't understand that. I didn't know that. So how can you do something? Can I tell you that you won't accidentally just start accidentally stumble in to start doing something that pleases God. That's not how it works. Wish it did. Then I can blame everything else I stumbled into on God. Right? So the Lord starts dealing about my baptism. And I'm like, I'm not going to go tell people I need to be baptized. I'm not going to do that. The preacher's up talking about baptism and he's talking about you're going to have a baptism service and folks have been saved and you're going to have a baptism service and, and the Holy Spirit's like... That's you. He's talking to you. You need to go tell him what you're thinking. What's stick what I'm dealing with in your heart. And I'm like, I'm not telling the guy. I've already told the guy I've been baptized. I've been serving. I've been teaching. I've been doing things here. I'm not going to do that. But you see, that was the problem. If I wanted to do things and receive the blessings of God, how do you do? If we say this is our first act of obedience, how could you do a second, third, and fourth act of obedience and skip the first step? It don't make sense. Watch. We'll read this again. Jesus, when he was baptized, he went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Now, can I ask you a question? What was Jesus doing before then? Y'all remember anything in the scripture? Surely some of y'all have been reading the Bible, amen. What was Jesus doing before Matthew chapter 3 when he comes out of the water and he hears the voice of God and says, This is my son. Come on, what have you been doing? 
I know some of the Facebook memes says his mama whipped him because he wouldn't get in the bathroom. He's walking on the water. Y'all believe that's true? Y'all believe that's something silly? Huh? We see Jesus. We see him at twelve, right? Sitting in the temple, learning. The scripture says he was growing in stature and favor with God. But he wasn't. He wasn't ministering. He wasn't. He wasn't teaching. He wasn't preaching. He wasn't calling disciples. He, he wasn't. He wasn't working miracles. He wasn't doing anything that you and I really ought to be doing. Amen. I'm not saying we can work miracles, but surely we can teach and preach and, and be obedient and, and make disciples. Raise your hand if, you, if you're currently making disciples. Is anybody making disciples? Anybody? Why? Why not? We're told to. We're commanded to. So watch what I'm telling you. Matthew chapter 4 says this. Then was Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for his house. Right? After those things happened, after, after he was baptized, the Spirit of God come down like a dove, and the voice comes from heaven, and everybody said, Oh my. There's all three of them together. Right? And the scripture says, There was Jesus led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And then, and, and, and he goes through that whole part. But then look at verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 18, And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He started calling the disciples. You know what's wrong with us sometimes? We don't have a clue what it means to be obedient to God, walking with God, and obedient with God, because we got our first step of obedience mixed up. Now listen, I said all that to say this. There's a time coming. And the way we know things is the church and the way that men and women receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and have opportunity to be saved, there's a day coming when that's going to be different. It's going to be over. When the Lord raptures the church, the gospel is going with it. It's going to be a new time, a new age, a new, a new day. The Spirit of God will operate on this earth different than He is today. And my question is this, if we believe that's true, when is the correct time to be obedient one step at a time? When's the last time you say, God, use me? God, anything you put in front of me in the name of Jesus, I'll do it. You put somewhere for me to tell about Jesus, I'm going to tell them. You put somebody in front of me to pray for them, I'm going to pray for them. You put somebody in front of me to minister to them, I'm going to minister to them. But you see, listen to me, those are obedient things. In other words, God, if you open the door, I'll walk through it. I'll be obedient in that. But we forget to pray that way. We forget to walk that way. We forget to think that way. My question is, when's the best time to start? The very second I realize that I'm in this one. The very second I realized that I hadn't done 
You think God want me to do? I'll be just running around doing my thing. I didn't take time. This morning, I'm so grateful for Ryan and his commitment. I'm so grateful for his example of obedience to the Lord. And, and I'm excited about this. This is step one. Let's see what step two is. Amen? Amen. Step three. Step four. Good. Now you're ready, man. Now you're ready to go obedient to God and serve the Lord. You're ready. I want to finish like this. This morning, if you say, you know what? Obedience has been off, man. I, I, I forgot. I haven't paid attention. I, I, I've been living for me. <coughs> let's do something about that. Let's, let's recognize that in our back. Begin to pray. You may well come this morning and just pray and ask God to use you. Or I want to be obedient to you. So, Father, you put somebody in front of me and minister to me. God, you burn my heart. I'll call. God, if you send me, I'll go. You may have heard some things this morning that are different than what you've ever heard before, and that's okay. I want to do that. I want to encourage you. Instead of listening to man's doctrine, read the word. Study the word. Look how Christ done things. Look how, look how the men that were, were first saved, how they did those things. Look at your baptism. Does it matter? Sure it matters. Let's stand this Father God, you deal with all the as you see fit. Lord, I pray that each person in this house, men, women, young men and women, children, all of us, God, be found obedient. No, we'll find, you'll find us serving, looking. God, help us to feel the things you ask us to do. God, help us to know the things that you're doing, God, that we can do them also. Lord, I pray this morning, if there's one here that's false, God, that you'll show us. God, that you'll reveal it to our heart. God, if we've been dabbling around with devils and everything, God, no wonder we've grieved you. We can't be obedient. God, help us this morning to see those truths. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Today's the day of salvation. You're still saved today. God, we pray that you accomplish your will. In Jesus' name.